0: Welcome to Just End the Show, where there's always a rockier bottom.
1: Yeah, should we clue our listeners in so you were not able to watch the game? You were unable to, and I don't know anything about football, so this is really going to be a very informative podcast for our listeners.
0: I'll be honest with our loyal listeners right off the bat. I had to miss this game. Unfortunately, I had a family funeral. I learned I had to attend uh, at the last minute uh, Saturday morning, and yet somehow I would argue that, Kevin, you had the more depressing Sunday having <laughs> oh, to sit at God. home and watch Jets Ravens. Is that is that fair? Is that wrong? Uh,
1: that's that's dark. Uh, it might my be family different.
0: doesn't listen to the show, by the way. That's a joke. If they do. That's a joke. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's my apologies to the extended family. I'm sorry for your loss, buddy. In all seriousness. But anywho. Uh, yeah. Thanks, no, pal. it was it was it was pre- it was grim seth it was a grim it was a grim start to the season and i wanted to say last time we talked was the season preview episode and we were like talking on there about trying to be positive and how long can we stay positive in the season and i just i'm, I'm glad to inform our listeners that we lasted all the way up until the wednesday before the season started this year so we made it almost all the way to the first game not even the first jets game because wednesday was when Uh, Sala announced that we're going to be graced with Joe Flacco's presence for three weeks, at least. So, yeah, from that moment on, I was like, okay, this is going to be just as bad as we... uh, This is going to be even worse than we said in our preview episodes. But yeah, this was a tough... This is a tough game to watch. Um, Although I would argue only really for the offense, to me. The, The defense, I actually came away with a lot of positives from this performance, I gotta say. And I was pleasantly surprised How well, especially they hung in in the first half. And if the offense had, you know, been able to get a first down on, been able to convert third downs or get actually move the ball past, you know, a certain point in the field, they wouldn't have had to be on the field the whole time. So it reminded me a lot of the 26 to nothing loss last year against the Broncos. I want to say it was where there was just we were like, well, the defense could have played well if they weren't on the field the entire fucking game, which is what happened here in week one against the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I mean, to only give up 24 points, considering they were on the field the entire game, when you think about it, it really isn't all that bad. And I saw a a statistic after the game about D.J. Reed and Sauce specifically, (laughs) where I believe combined, the two of them gave up one catch for eight yards. I mean, the corner play was just outstanding. I know this is a soft matchup in that respect because the Ravens don't exactly have real wide receivers, but still, I mean, they have a real quarterback at least. So that, that is impressive, no matter who you're playing for, for two corners to combine to give up just the one catch. That's, that says a lot about the potential of that unit with DJ Reed and with Sauce Gardner leading the way. Cue the drop. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I, you don't have I, to say do the drop. In the edited version, you'll see, you see the audience <laughs> has already heard Salah <laughs> yell Sauce. We're, we're up, the only brother, ones, DJ. ironically, who, who can't hear it. Trust me, it is—it's there for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the magic of post-production. That's, that's Hollywood, it. folks. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> giving you, giving you a sweet look behind the curtain here at just end the show. So, yeah, this is maybe a good way to start. Let's start with the positives that we had, and yeah, I, there were pretty much—I um, shouldn't say that—the defense was a much more positive side of the game than the offense. I was going to say all of the positives were on the defensive side of the ball, but I would say that's not true. I'm going to amend that because I think there were some positives on the offense as well. The defense was very good, and they were surprising to me because, uh, you know, if you were watching this game, um, like I was saying, if you haven't seen it and, you're like you said, you're either watching the highlights or just looking at the stats, to me, I was pretty surprised because in the first half of the game, it honestly did feel like it was pretty close and that the game could be pretty close because... The Jets were doing nothing offensively at all, but the Ravens kind of weren't either. And the defense looked fast. And like you said, the cornerback play was amazing. I actually thought the uh, linebacker play was really great. And yeah, in general, I'm pretty surprised by the fact that they were able to contain Lamar the way that they did on the ground. I mean, the run defense, they they did not give up that many rushing yards in this game. I want to say it is 68. I looked that number up and I forgot, but they did not give up a lot of yards on the ground. You know, a lot of the scoring that happened with the Ravens was these deep passes. One of them was where LaMarcus Joyner got beat really badly. And to me, it's just like I was sort of surprised to see a game where, you know, I I had we were both very, very anti Joe Flacco. And that is not changing in the slightest coming out of this. But the preview last week, I think when we talked about this Ravens game, I did not think that we were going to be coming out of this saying that they were able to contain Lamar. And still lost this bet, but I think that they really did. I mean, you know, he be- he beat him with his arm several times, and he's a- he actually is a good passer. I think he's underrated in that respect sometimes. But I would agree. You know, for a guy for a defense that is still you know still young and still gelling and has these new you know has these new pieces on it and and you know new pieces from other teams like Reed, it just changes the uh it changes my optimism level of optimism for the going forward for the year because I mean if they're able to contain somebody like Lamar to a reasonable amount of points, you know, 24 considering the the level of not only the fact that the defense was constantly on the field because the Jets were three and out or moving the ball a tiny bit and then punting. But we didn't also mention, and I can't remember at a certain point in the game, they showed the average starting position for the Ravens was like around their forty yard line or forty five yard line, so they were getting a really amazing field position, and the whole special teams thing is a whole other thing that's ridiculous about this game that we don't need to go into that we'll go into later that's part of the reason they were starting so far up the field but considering that they were starting kind of near midfield with lamar jackson and with the, like with this offense you know I know uh the Ravens were missing a couple of people, but I was pretty, I was really surprised by this defensive performance, I got to say. And, you know, we talked about the defensive line. We talked about the idea of of them being a good, uh, hard team to run on. But I did not anticipate that we weren't going to just see, I thought, well, yeah, they're going to be okay, but Lamar's going to kick their ass just running all over the field. And that's not what happened. You know, that's not at all what happened in
0: that game. Looking at the statistics after the game, if you were to tell me that Lamar was only going to run for 17 yards on six carries. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought they would have been right in this game, realistically. Like you said, Kevin, he needed to do it more as a passer. He threw for over 200 yards on 17 for 30, passing with those three touchdowns. I mean, Lamar's got the weakest wide receiver room in the league. I don't think that's much of a stretch or a hot take. Right. Um, his leading receiver was Mark Andrews. What else is new? Five catches, 52 yards. The tight end always going to be the number one option uh, for Lamar, or at least has been for the last few years. Uh, they've got Duvernay under the, you know, somebody has to catch footballs on this team category. Um, And then I think people are pretty high on Rashad Bateman, who I believe fought a a deep ball touchdown over LaMarcus Joyner's head at some point in this game. I I think probably late, probably second half. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, even watching highlights of the Ravens being good, I think that they looked fast, Jets defense. And that's something that we really didn't see a lot of. We didn't see a lot of, like, play that was too competitive on the outside. I think it was Bryce Hall that got beat for that bomb touchdown anyway. So it's like, you don't even put that on sauce or on DJ Reed. So um, I, 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 yeah, like you said, uh, surprising performance um, and an impressive performance for, for a young group. You talked yeah. about there were, there were some positives on the offensive side of the ball. Um, just like I said, just looking over the, you know, the highlights post game and looking over some of the stats post game, Michael Carter jumps off the page. He averaged six yards a carry. He had 60 on 10. And then he was also the Jets leading receiver with seven catches for 40 yards. So it looked like, you know, we were skeptical of the greater NFL media kind of anointing Bryce Hall, the starter for this team. Bryce Hall going, uh, I don't know, about five rounds before Michael Carter in fantasy drafts. And Carter out-carried him. So it looks like these touches are are not going to be even. It looks like they're going to favor Michael Carter. And that's kind of what you and I expected, at least, as this team broke camp. Corey mm-hmm. Davis, uh, who had a nice day, bought six passes for 77. He led the Jets in yards. Elijah Moore chipped in with another five catches. Garrett Wilson, four for 52. Have, I don't know how much of these are garbage time stats for Flacco.
1: Yeah, dude, fucking Flacco had 300 yards. I was like, this is why garbage... That's why. That's what I mean. Like, stats is like, that is complete horseshit. That was all fucking garbage time shit. I mean, you saw the, yeah. you saw the highlights, right?
0: Yeah, I so I did go back and watch the highlights of this game, obviously. The problem with highlights is mm-hmm. that you don't really get a feel for the game as a whole. I saw the Ravens look really good because they're mostly Ravens highlights. And then, to be fair, I watched, like, the long form, like, nine and a half minute YouTube. So there is a lot of Jets in it, um, yeah. they show you all the Flacco's completions, and that's my problem, is that like, oh, Flacco looked great, because I'm watching, you know, a nine and a half minute <laughs> reel of like, Lamar or Joe Flacco completing passes, it's showing you like, the stuff that happened, the only stops you see are the third down stops, which means every Jets third down for the first three quarters, I don't think they converted a first down until the fourth quarter, did I have that correct?
1: They, they did not convert a fourth down until, or a thir- they did not convert a third down until nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. That is a factual thing. Yes, that happened.
0: That's the Joe Should... Flacco difference right there. <laughs> they did have a touchdown, by the way, if you're confused, why they have nine. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Greg the legs ass later. So Jeremy Ruckert, the third-string tight end, was a surprise inactive before the game. So they we were really kind of rolling with Conklin, Cager, and Uzama, and we've got no statistics for CJ Uzama, which is a, a little bit surprising, I thought.
1: There was a lot more cager action than I anticipated. And I'm not 100% sure that that was a good decision because it doesn't really seem like he was being utilized maybe the right way. It seemed like whether it was that he was lining up on the outside and he's just getting covered by like the corners and safeties because he's not, you know, he's like we were saying, the kind of weird, the slow receiver, but fast for tight end thing. Yeah, he was not one of the highlights for me. I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going to go on with that. It seems like that might be a bad move keeping him on the team or they have to find another way to utilize him but uh also i, I have to before we go further i think you said bryce instead of breeze so you have to put a dollar in the in the uh bryce hall breeze oh man jar. uh can i we, edit it out want... post-production
0: instead <laughs> here if you, uh, when, if you put Brees, it in like really i'll fake use that something.
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah in terms of the offensive highlights yeah i thought I, like you said, the Carter, I mean, Carter is the biggest highlight coming out of the game offensively. That's not really surprising. First play from scrimmage was a 19 yard run from him. It was like, oh, this game's going to go great. And then it didn't. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously he's great. We're high on him. And how could you not be? I mean, he's probably like the only Jets offensive player people want, like in fantasy, right? I can only imagine <laughs> that he's like the only one. Ari, um, I guess you said with Brees Hall, uh, that's interesting. I at the beginning of the game I wasn't sure about Breeze. He had some tough plays, got a, got some run, uh, got some good runs in later on. I'm leaving, you know, still solidly like I don't even want to say thumb sideways. I'm still a little bit like, you know, I'm I'm not in or out, you know. It's it I didn't see anything that I thought was incredible, but I also didn't see anything that made me think like, oh, this guy's a total bust or what do we do? You know, I d- I wasn't really convinced either way uh, on him. I could see that kind of going back and forth and honestly they might be a good uh there might be a good pairing because it seems like breeze is a little bit more of a of a straight ahead kind of bruiser guy as compared to to carter at least from what we saw in this game we did get uh some garrett wilson action involved uh it took him a while to come in it was funny uh there was some great announcing moments too we had catalan on the game uh it was nice. you know because we friend. get the, we got uh, andrew catalan we got the uh the D or E, you know, announcing squad with him. And, uh, uh, but, but, you know, we're a pro podcast, even if he seems like he kind of hates the jets. But one thing that was funny was, uh, he goes literally as it was the great announcer moment where as the words are leaving his lips, like, you know, who we haven't seen yet is Garrett Wilson. He is on the field right now. Garrett Wilson is coming out. It was great. Um, so that was, that was pretty, that was pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, in terms of the highlights, the, those were the main things that stuck out. Corey Davis ended up with some with some okay numbers. Like you said, a lot of that stuff was garbage time, particularly even the, the Berrios stuff. I mean, Berrios had an okay game, but he wasn't really being utilized until later, really. So, you know, it's kind of like, I almost feel like we can say all of the stuff that we've said, and now there's like this giant elephant in the room in the shape of Joe fucking Flacco. And, I mean, it was it was grim man it is it is really bad this is i definitely i think the worst game he's played in the, as a jet and that's saying something um again i don't know statistically i'm sure there's once he finished with like the lower passing yards or whatever but wow he he just he literally does nothing well at this point he can't he can't move now granted the protection was also the was also really bad and that that was yeah. probably the the two main things but god it is it, it was just so painful to watch to the point where like You know, I can't imagine anybody watching the game who would say, you know, like if you if this was the first football game you ever watched, you'd be like, oh, that guy's really bad at quarterback. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have to have any kind of advanced knowledge of anything. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, he can't he he makes bad. It seems like he makes bad decisions. He can't throw and he can't move. So I don't understand. There's really no. There's really no no upsides to it at all. And I was uh I was very angry with him throughout watching this game and said many, many withering withering things. But you know, I mean we're not the only ones who are thinking this too, man. Uh we uh we got a we got a Mike White chant going in the crowd. Mike White, Mike White.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't believe uh when you told me that when I when I saw that in the chat.
1: I couldn't oh, really I... hear it too well, but the announcers were like, Well, they're real the the crowd the crowd is really so Catalan was good as the announcer, but the uh, the play by play, but it was lofty was the color guy. And I, and at one point they come back from break and Catalan is like, well, the fans clearly want to see Mike White here. What do you think about that? And he's like, well, I think they're off base. And I'm like, I, I don't understand how you can watch the game that you're watching and say that this guy should still be on the field. I just don't get it. Now, you could say they're not going to do any better if Mike White is out there. That's a different argument, but there's no way it could be worse. There's it can't. There's no way it can be worse than that, than what we saw from him. And I made a list, actually, for our listeners. of. Uh, I made a list of 10 people I would rather see play quarterback for the Jets than Joe Flacco. Would you like to hear my list?
0: Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, lay it on me. See how many I agree with. I have okay. a feeling you're going to go 10 for 10, but go for me.
1: Okay. Um, and I, I didn't put Zach Wilson on the list because, he, like, the, the, you know, obvious, that's one just because, obviously, we want to see Zach Wilson come back and play. Okay, four. I got white on there, right? Number yep. one, Strevler. Check. Sure. Okay, hang with me, Mark Sanchez out of retirement. <laughs> I'll take him. Okay, how about number four? A cardboard cutout of Zach Wilson probably would have equal amount of mobility as Joe Flacco, and would be better looking. You know, so that's something. Uh, I wrote down Paul Wrecking Crew. That's the uh, from uh, the longest yard. A uh, little bit of legal trouble here and there, and I know that's trouble. That's that's trouble with the NFL these days, he might be suspended for eleven games or something like that. But um
0: You mean do you mean the fictional Paul Crew or like yes. modern day Adam Sandler?
1: <laughs> or uh <laughs> either one v- is fine with me. I was yeah. just curious which one you My, I did yeah, we could do let's do um uh yeah, modern day <laughs> Or a a cardboard cutout of uh, Burt Reynolds as Paul Wrecking Crew. He's number, that's number uh, five on my list. I wrote down number six, a Homer Simpson professional quarterback. There's an episode of the Simpsons where Homer's going through his old things. And he's like, oh, Marge, remember this fake business card I had when we were going out? It just says Homer Simpson professional quarterback. Throw him in there. He's hey, He has a lot of athletic achievements. I mean, I think he's played like every professional sport at this point. So. Uh, Number seven, Andrew Catalan. I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's got the he seems like he's got the know-how. He clearly has a problem with the Jets, but, you know, he'll get over that if he's behind center. Uh, uh, Eddie Pinheiro, number eight. I don't know. I bet maybe as a a quarterback, you know, maybe he's kind of like a kicker, like he can only throw like five yards, but he hits it every time. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, Number nine, Sam Darnold's ghosts, not his actual ghost, but like the ghosts he was seeing. One of those. That's number nine. And then I wrote down uh, number 10 was uh, Mitch Trubisky. So that's my list of uh, that last one is just for a friend of ours. But yes, so that's uh, those are 10 people I would rather see play quarterback than Joe Blacko.
0: Well, the last one's real. I would absolutely (laughs) rather watch Mitch Trubisky play quarterback. Yeah. Did you see any of that Steelers game? That was, that was something.
1: That was was wild. It was an, it was a really insane day for, for field goal kickers. The, that happened in the Giants, Tennessee game. There was two misses in the, in the Cincinnati, Pittsburgh game. That was insane. It's funny because as I was watching, I had red zone on my computer and then the Jets game on the TV. At a certain point, it's like, why is the TV dedicated to literally the worst game of the week? And then, so, yeah. Uh, but I didn't change because I'm dedicated to hearing Andrew Catalan call Jets losses for the rest of the year, as as is our uh, motto here on Just in the Show.
0: Yeah, I feel yeah. like poor Catalan, if he has to call one more Jets or Jaguars game <laughs> or like a Houston Texans game, he's going to snap. I mean, it's part of the gig when you're on like the CBSE team, but still, like, you got to feel for him a little bit.
1: I know. I know. At a certain point you're like, can I get moved up to, can I do like one? <laughs> like is a dolphins game too much to ask for, you know, something, I don't know, but, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it was the, the Flacco thing is terrible though. And I just, I honestly don't even understand. Uh, Let me do this. Let me pose it as a question. Do you think there's any reason to have him playing at this point? If he has clear, like what would be the, the, what would be the reason to have him in at all? Unless you're just like, he's a veteran. Like, that's literally the only reason. Because I don't understand what he's bringing to the table whatsoever at this point.
0: Maybe they're afraid that Mike White simply doesn't have the rinks. I know he was drafted in 2018, but he was a low-round draft pick. He's really only played, you know, we saw him briefly last year. was his only real NFL regular season action. Like you said earlier, it can't get worse. So I I don't see what the problem would be. Um, but I think if if you're trying, if you're attempting to see this from the Jets perspective, which is clearly for some reason a pro Flacco perspective, I guess that's that's the case, right? Is that like Flacco is the only guy with Zach out that is any sort of NFL reps. Strevler was only playing Canadian football. Mike White really just played a couple of games. I don't know. He showed us enough in those couple of games. There's no way he's throwing the ball worse than Joe Flacco. There's no way he's making worse decisions than Joe Flacco. I don't care how long you've been around if you're still not making the right reads. I mean, what does that matter? So, yeah, if, if we don't see Mike White next week, um, you really have to start worrying about this coaching staff and their ability to evaluate players. I mean, like you said, the fans saw it in the stadium are cheering for Mike White. We don't stand a puncher's chance even against a uh, Deshaun Watsonless Browns team if they're going to run Joe out there again. I like the Jets next week, by the way, with Mike White under center, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's an incredibly winnable game because, as you mentioned earlier, again, the Jets are tough to run on and should be tough to run on when you've got guys like Quinn and Williams and C.J. Mosley clocking up the middle. And that's, you know, the strength of the Browns' offense right now with, you know, their running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So a sneaky favorable matchup for the Jets. I think the Jets are like a sneaky good betting underdog if Mike White is behind center. If they're running Joe Flacco out there again, this team is unbettable. You can't. It doesn't matter who they're playing it's an automatic L and it's, it's frankly, it's disheartening for a team that really has a higher ceiling than this. They're almost being unfair to the other 52 guys on the roster by Rod and Joe out there at this point.
1: The only other thing I could think of is that it might be hard to plan. And I guess this is a little bit of what you're saying. It might be hard to plan an entire game around somebody like Mike White, because I don't know how much of like, the ac- I don't know if he knows every single a- aspect of the playbook enough to just literally, like, you know, run run the plays, like, know what he's supposed to be doing kind of thing. No, Whereas no, if you that's have- a
0: legitimate excuse, only because Mike White's been on the team just as long as Flacco has. This is true. If yeah. you think about Flacco's first reign, that was, ai am pretty sure, a different regime, a different offensive coordinator. So this is Flacco's second season under floor, and same goes for Mike White. So I don't even know if if, if we can say that.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to come up with something. But, you know, I mean, also the thing with Mike White, I mean, kind of all kidding aside, is like he really was only good in the Bengals game. Like he was bad in the Bills game, and he was bad when he had to come in when Zach got hurt. So
0: He was good in that Colts game before he got injured. That was a really good quarter.
1: That Okay, that's true. Yeah, he was good in that game um, before he got hurt. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm like, the quest, the thing is not saying Mike White is necessarily going to be our savior although i think we've like literally say said that and called i'm saying i'm saying that that's (laughs) exactly that's precisely what i'm saying but i'll let you finish i mean i would love it if it were to happen but you know there has to be something that they see that we don't and i don't know what that is i don't know if it's like we're saying if there's something if there is some glaring weakness to mike white that we are not able to perceive because it's more of a locker room thing or something like that i have no idea but the bottom line is at a certain point nothing really matters if you actually can't just execute your job at all and i didn't see anything from joe flacco in this game you know garbage time be damned i did not see anything that that makes me think that he is competent to play in the nfl at this point he's washed up And it's so funny how like announcers and even sort of like other commentary podcasts and stuff are like, seeming like they're afraid to say it. It's like, he's washed up. Like he's not good anymore and it's okay. Like you've been, he's been in the league a long time. He won a super bowl. Good for him. But like, I don't understand why we have to incur three almost assured losses because this guy can't play at all. I just don't get it. Seth.
0: Yeah. And if you're worried about (laughs) whites mobility in the same context, you're worried about Flacco's mobility in the sense that Joe spends almost the entire time under pressure, right? Because on the one hand, he can't move, and on the other side, it's the protection. And On the other side, he just simply doesn't have that much time to throw. If you're concerned about Mike White in the same sense, then go with Stravler. Go with somebody who could extend the play and at least give you some positive yards on the ground and can extend plays. I think we've kind of talked it to death, but there's no excuse at this point. <laughs> Any hope in this game that the Jets can move the ball on the Browns defense? Obviously, that's the half of it that that worries you, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think if the defense performs the way they did in this game, again, it should theoretically be close. Uh, And also, you can make cases that there were things like there was, you know, a fumble that I believe Reed was the cause of that. The Ravens recovered. You know, there was a terrible Flacco interception, but that was also because uh, I believe it was Conklin fell down. I think it, it was Cager. Cager, uh, yeah, People
0: were roasting Cager for falling yeah,
1: down. Yeah, because yeah. at first you were like, oh, my God, this is the worst pass ever. And then I was like, actually, I got to give it to like there was supposed to be a player there. Um, yeah, you're right. It was Cager. Was there a give-
0: Brees Hall fumble in there as well, I think, in the red zone?
1: There was a fumble in the red zone. And then there was, yeah, they, In uh, <laughs> uh, maybe this is more of the special teams thing, but probably the worst punt I've ever seen in a professional football game. I've never seen a ball go off somebody's foot literally at like a 90 degree angle. It like just went straight out the sideline. And it was one of those things where if you're watching it on TV, you know, the camera moves all the way to like where they think the ball is going to be punted to. And there's just nothing happening. No stand, nobody standing there and no reps. And they're like, Ooh, that wasn't good. And then they showed the top angle and the ball just went screaming into the stands. I mean, it was so bad. So if you can only commit two or three of these mistakes and not like five of them, maybe, and your defense holds up, then there's a chance. But again, it all comes down to the fact that they were not able to convert any kind of third down because you just have Joe, you it's, there were so many plays. It was like third and eight, third and nine, third and seven. And you're like, there's no way they're going to get this. You know, they're get They're not going to let, they're not going to let Carter run for it. Like, you know he he's going to get caught so it's going to be either Joe, it's just going to be Joe and trying to spread out and like they can you know there was no way that he was ever going to be able to complete those passes the the protection thing was really really bad and they actually deserve a lot of blame as well i think probably everyone is going to be throwing shade on Flacco almost exclusively so yeah they they deserve they deserve a lot of grief it was actually a really bad performance from them i thought but To a certain extent, I I don't know. I still feel like I'm not going to say that if Zach Wilson started this game, they would have won. I don't actually think that would have happened. But I really think that the game would have been close. And I think it would have been competitive. And I think if they were able to move the ball more than they did, and were able to convert on third down, really the converting on third down, because they could get a few first downs, but it was like, then if it was third and seven, third and eight, you knew that Joe was just throwing it into the the backs of the offensive linemen or hitting somebody in the head or getting sacked for 10 yards it was like you just knew that that was going to happen on every third down so if you could get a playmaker in there like Wilson or at least a prospective playmaker like Wilson I really think that this game could have been close so I'm going to say with the Browns game I hate to say it but I'm going to guess if Joe's out there it's going to be more of the same that they're going to be that it's going to be kind of close at first. They're going to be holding them and it's going to be a lot of punting. And then it's just at a certain point, it's just going to break open. And I don't know what that, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if that's just something like what happened in this game or like, you know, LaMarcus Joyner had a really tough game as well. If he, if he, it's just him getting beat or making the, uh, the wrong read, I would say from a Jets bets perspective, I could see a cover though. I could, cause I want to say it's like eight.
0: The spread for next week against Cleveland is five and a half. The Jets are getting five and a half points.
1: Oh, okay. It's a I think topic. that's a
0: sneaky cover. Yeah, eventually, just like in this game, defense is going to run out of gas eventually. Um, but I kind of like them as a sneaky cover. I almost like it better now than maybe I will in two days if they announce that Mike White's starting. Maybe I'll like it even a mm. little bit better. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Jets do win week one if they would have traded a fifth-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo instead of running Flacco out there. I think all you needed to win that game was just somebody competent. I think that's really all it would have taken. Somebody with some a baseline of mobility and a competent thrower. If they don't win that game, they make that game real close, real competitive. And all of a sudden, you're hearing a lot of what's wrong with the Ravens as a week one overreaction as opposed to, oh my God, Ravens Super Bowl, right?
1: Yeah. It would have been maybe more similar to the Giants thing where you were like, oh wow, Tennessee's really bad. We didn't see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> or People saw it coming, but but maybe not losing to the Giants week one level of seeing it coming. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that would have been the reaction. Like, and honestly, like there was like I say, there was a stretch of the game where I was like, I thought that would be the reaction. People being like, can you believe this Jets game is close? Like, and and especially early on, Carter had a couple runs, and then they were you know the Jets couldn't couldn't convert like we're saying, but then they were holding them on defense, and then uh, even when Flacco threw the bad pick. I was like, well, there's no way this doesn't turn into a touchdown. And it didn't, they contained them. They gave up a field goal, but I was like, you take that. If you're, if you have that bad of an interception for field position. So yeah, it's, it's odd to come out of a, a game like this where I'm like, on the one hand, it was terrible to watch, but, uh, but it was not terrible to watch because the entire team was playing badly. It was like a handful of players and one in particular were playing badly. So does that mean we're making some kind of improvement because I I feel like last year at least every game we were like there was like whole position groups we were like this is a loss yeah. you know and that's that's not the way I'm coming out of this I mean you know they're not going to the playoffs <laughs> they're not going to win a ton of games but like I think that they can be competitive if the defense can play like this I really do
0: Kevin how many weeks do we Stick with Greg the Leg as our kicker before we come crawling back oh, to Eddie Vigero, you think? Uh, if, he well, has, if he has on... two more weeks like this, he's he's out of here.
1: I saw Eddie. Eddie's on another team now, though. Oh, man. The Greg the Leg thing. I mean, remember, like, season preview, we were like, well, he's a real kicker. We know there's going to be bad games, and then miss field goal, miss point after.
0: Yeah, I didn't think it'd be the oh. first one. He does get one of these a year. I mean, and it's a of away. that he yeah. used it on the first game. Because <laughs> yeah, now I mean, he's you know. out of... Uh, He's not a margin for error. He better be perfect the rest of the year. This was your one Greg Zerline game that you get. And he now was you one, have to be good.
1: And he was the one kicker in the league whose uh, field goal he missed wasn't to decide the fate of the game. I can't remember a, a week of football where more kickers missed key kicks at the end of the games. It was, it was a rash of them going on this week. So, hey, at least uh, he missed uh, a field goal and a point after in a, in a relatively meaningless context. So, you know.
0: Uh yeah. shout so, out Randy Bullock for winning me a whole bunch of money yeah, blowing that game man. against the Giants. You
1: <laughs> Oh man. It was one of those where after every other kick the week in the week, I was like, there's no way he can make it, right? At this point. Everybody else, you know, that that Cincinnati thing was crazy with McPherson where they scored they scored. It was tied at twenty with triple zeros on the clock. <laughs> like, who's
0: luckier than me? I had the Giants Steelers. Yeah. Uh underdog parlay, the, the Bears was a legitimate win, but just two two absolutely bananas wins that should not have happened and just, just gifted to me thanks to bad kicking.
1: And the Bears it might have helped that they were playing in a hurricane. That was like it, that was crazy to watch. I would
0: argue that favors the 49ers. I don't I don't like that <laughs> excuse. But um I will say, I know this is a Jets podcast. I will say Bears Niners was the most easy underdog pick of the week. I know that the Bears are bad. They're not going to win a lot of games this year. But that game is at home. I, should say, I shouldn't say the easiest underdog to call. That's giving myself too much credit. It was the easiest cover. I didn't I didn't know that they went outright, But they gave the Bears at, in their home stadium seven and a half points against Trey Lance, who we in a monsoon, who nobody <laughs> knows if Trey Lance is good or not. Right. We, see, we saw Trey, Trey Lance like a handful of snaps last year, and he was like kind of bad. And then we saw him in the preseason this year where he was kind of bad and I've liked what I've seen out of what three quarters of a full season of Justin Fields I think Justin Fields if I I can get in a time machine we'll make this Jets related, if I can get in a time machine (laughs) I would take Fields over Wilson in all seriousness, I would right now
1: if I had a time machine and it was only and it was only football related there's probably other stuff you should do if you have a time machine but if you have a time machine and you're only using it for football, I think I would have gone back and taken Lamar over Sam Darnold, but hey Mm -hmm. uh, that's just me
0: (laughs) Well, listen, it's not too late. Lamar Jackson's a free agent next year, as far as I'm concerned. He gave the Ravens a deadline of Friday. There was no new deal. So as far as I'm concerned, free agent signing, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) We've got the cap room. Get it done next year.
1: Let's go. Uh, Bad body language from Lamar all game, too. Just like on the sidelines, just kind of moping around but that probably was the contract related thing. I don't know. I, I really, really hope that we can get off of this Joe Flacco thing. Cause I really think that te- the team would be like three or four times as watchable. Even if they didn't win any more games, they would be like, at least you just don't have to sit there and watch this. It was, that was the painful part of it was just, just seeing how incompetent he's become, you know,
0: on that wonderful note, we'll see you next week after the jets and the Browns, Kevin, Take us out, just end the show.